Welcome everybody, the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. We are bugless on this Halloween. Not very fitting, gotta say. You have to have bugs on Halloween. Uh, dude, I'm telling you, it's the show's a lot scarier when he's on with us, so yeah, he needs to be here on Halloween. <laughs> no, what's scary is the amount of news we have to cover today, because apparently everything in the world happened in college football this weekend. <laughs> yeah, quite literally, actually. <laughs> So I guess let's quit delaying and go ahead and get started. We got stuff to talk about in the NFL. Oh, geez. And uh, King Henry's <laughs> back. He's back to doing his thing. Um, let, let's just start off here. Uh, Derrick Henry has tied O.J. Simpson and Adrian Peterson's combined record of six career touchdown, uh, 200 yard, six career 200 yard games. Uh, in his win over the Texans. It's also his fourth consecutive 200-yard game versus the Texans. Man, they just can't figure him out. What What are you making of this? Is Is the game plan to the Texans just to run the ball? Uh, the game plan against the Texans is to run the ball with Derrick Henry. <laughs> Put it ah. that way. Uh, we have these stats from ESPN. Uh, this is just too great. I, I couldn't couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, most games with 200 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in his career. Derrick Henry is number one. Uh, and then Derrick Henry only against the Texans would still be number one. <laughs> That's amazing. I love this. This is fantastic. <laughs> My God. Houston, you know what they're doing at this point. Like, Sell out and I, stop yeah. it. They had Malik Willis. <laughs> yeah, you know, he had one or two good throws. I'm putting eight in the box and praying. <laughs> yeah, Derrick Henry is worth nine, apparently. Engage eight. <laughs> Screw it. Engage 11. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I mean, and then on top of that, um, Christian McCaffrey had a game. Uh, his second game with uh, the 49ers, but his true coming out game, uh, as he showed that he can run the ball, he can catch the ball, and apparently he can also throw the ball, uh, hitting all three phases of the offense for a touchdown. He's the first player to do it since... Uh, a little-known running back from the early 2000s, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. Um, you may or may not have heard about LT. Uh, I sure have. Um, and he's also the only the fourth player since the NFL-AFL merger to do so, uh, joining David Patton, Walter Payton, and, as mentioned, LaDainian Tomlinson. My yeah. God. Um, so, Christian McCaffrey's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe that. Just, I, yep. He's, uh, I, I guess Kyle Shanahan's scheme is really good for a player who can literally do everything. That's what we have. And, and I was going to say, this is what we were looking for when the Niners traded for him is, is the versatility in the playbook. How do you, how do you use him? How do you maximize him? And Jesus, <laughs> I just figured it out. 
the 49ers need to trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Taysom Hill. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That might actually work. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Let's let's move on. Um, yeah, P.J. Walker has arm strength. Um, dude, I watched that Hail Mary and holy not only did he get it down there, he led his receiver behind the defense. I know. It was crazy. One of so the longest. Advanced, air- yeah. Advanced stats puts Next it 60, stats. 67.2 yards in the air. Officially a 62-yard touchdown pass. Uh, every bit of that was in the air, and it was halfway into the end zone. Yep. So, <laughs> and then they missed the extra point. Because DJ Moore took his helmet off. Acceleration. Here's the real kicker, though. He was off the field when he took his helmet off. That should not have been a penalty. That's ridiculous. That should not be a penalty. Yeah. He was no longer in the field of play when he took his helmet off. It was not supposed to be a penalty. Oh, my God, (laughs) NFL refs. You have some answering to do. But, yeah, P.J. Walker has been officially named the starting quarterback going forward for the Carolina Panthers. Well, yeah. (laughs) When you force OT with a 67-yard air bomb, you kind of tend to do that. I mean, he also had a game where I don't think he completed any passes. So, (laughs) details. It's it's a hit and miss, man. Uh, other fun things going on. Barry Sanders is getting the first statue outside of Ford Field. Uh, honestly, he deserves it. They ended his career early, so they might as well quite literally cement his legacy there. Uh, more like bronze's legacy there. No, no, it's tied down with cement. Uh, okay. The fine. base is cement. <laughs> fine. You win. It's... Trust me, I was thinking through, but you're right. It is going to be a bronze statue. Either way, this is amazing. He has earned every bit of this. Um, Man, I'm happy for him. Absolutely. Probably still the best player in franchise history, and at this point there are several. Seeing as how the Lions have been around for a very long time. (laughs) Yet all of their careers run short. I just, I don't know, man. I, I can't figure it out. Yeah, so crazy, isn't it? Well, that losing seems to get to people or something. So weird. You know who's not losing and is seemingly allergic to it? The Philadelphia Eagles. They are, in fact, still undefeated. (laughs) Um, It's okay. I don't have my champagne bottle yet, so they got time. I really hope they go undefeated, just to spite you. (laughs) I I will have my champagne bottle. (laughs) I will have my champagne bottle for when they inevitably falter. We shall see. (laughs) All right. So those of you who don't know, the NFL trade deadline is tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the trades have been flying. Uh, At least the rumors have been flying. But there is at least one that I really wish Bug was here to talk about because it is no longer a rumor. The papers have been filed. Um Man, this is an interesting one to me because 
they just paid the man. Didn't they just come to an agreement to pay him? No. Okay, so that was still in the background. All right. Uh, Roquan Smith has been traded out of Chicago to the Baltimore Ravens for a surprisingly low cost. Um, Ravens are sending a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick, I believe, in this year's draft. Yeah, uh, twenty twenty three. Yep, for uh, linebacker AJ Klein. I, look, man, I get they had to move him. This is a first round guy. Uh, I probably wouldn't have let him go for less than than a first round pick. Yeah, it, the gut reaction from me as well is that this is very low value. However, there are a lot of things to consider with this, and I think they're all very important. So, Roquan Smith could not come to a long-term extension in Chicago. It's the reason he's being moved here. He was going to be a free agent coming up anyway. Uh, he is an inside linebacker, an off-ball linebacker. His limitation as a player is pass coverage. Uh, an off-ball linebacker who can't cover that well is not worth the $20 million he was asking for. Let's be real. In today's NFL, yeah. it's not worth that he's more like Foyasadi Oluokun uh last year with uh with the Falcons was racking up tackles and not covering worth of shit I'm being real he is way better than Foye but at the same time he fills the same kind of a role and he's not worth that much money so the Bears are the right thing here not giving him that kind of an extension now the Ravens are paying a lot considering he's not on a long-term deal. In theory, this could be a nine-game rental. Yeah. Now, expecting to have him for a playoff run as well. The other thing they're trading for here is the first rights of negotiation, which yeah. is an insane thing to be giving up a second-round pick for. If you really break that down, it's actually a lot of value for what's actually being sent over to the Ravens here. So, yes, could you Smith, if he were on a five-year deal right now, would probably get you like two first-round picks. At the same time, he's not, and there's potential he doesn't re-sign with Baltimore. Could you imagine if he re-signs with Chicago? I know he actually has a lot of love for the city and the team, maybe not the, the leadership right now, but could you imagine if he does this and then – Went went up to the GM and went, hey, do this. I will be back in March. Like, could you imagine <laughs> the um, swindling? It's And as far as I know, there's nothing elite. As long as the Bears aren't contacting him with specific contract offers, there, there's nothing illegal about that. You are correct. There's nothing illegal about it. You are also correct. It would be insane. Um, that's... That's not going to happen. <laughs> but I, I'm just, it's fun to think about. Oh. Let's let's just say there at this point, there are 32 teams in the league who would want Roquan Smith on their team. Let's be real. Yeah. The Chicago Bears already failed in negotiations. They said, you're asking for more than we're willing to give you. We're going to leave the table. So now there are 31. Well, the Ravens just got up to the front of the line. That's really yeah. all that they were able to do here. So it's nine-game audition plus whatever they can do in the playoffs, and then they got to the front of the negotiating table. But it's yep. it, it, 
for considering that aspect of this, it actually is a lot of value in the trade. That's no, that's fair. I didn't even think of that. All right, uh, additional rumors. Uh, apparently, the uh, the Chargers are having a real hard time. Is the Chargers the Rams? The Rams. One of the LA. The Rams. Okay. The the Rams are having a real hard time moving Cam Akers, uh, and he's realizing that maybe he might potentially be part of the problem there. Um, <laughs> so apparently he's going to rejoin the team if he's unable to get traded. Uh, this is a dude that I would have pegged three weeks ago for a trade. Um, I'm surprised mm-hmm. one hasn't gotten done yet. I don't know what their asking price is. Uh, um, uh, but again, I can't really see too many teams willing to pay a high price for a running back with no NFL stats coming off of an Achilles injury. Well, um, and I also don't see an NFL team trading for a guy with this many personality issues. I don't know how yep. deep this problem goes. So it's it's hard to move any draft capital or anything for it's much of a wild card. Especially Look, I'm gonna go ahead and you're right. I'm gonna go ahead and say now that I've been sitting on Cam Akers in our in, in my dynasty league for two years now. And I can't drop him yet because I need to see if he gets traded. But the second he doesn't, bro, he's gonna hit waiver wires so quick it's not even funny. I would go ahead and drop him right now if I were you, but that's just me. <laughs> Well, I, I will be able to this week. I haven't put my claims in for this week, so. Um, and then apparently the Saints are living in some alternate reality. Um, Alvin Kamara is good. Uh, Alvin Kamara is not Christian McCaffrey good. I don't personally, especially with a looming suspension, they should not be asking for the package that McCaffrey got. I would argue he's just as good specifically because of Christian McCaffrey's injury concerns. I know that does balance out with suspension concerns for Kamara. At the same time, on the field, they produced about the same this week. Yeah. Which, you know, it's hard to compare one week's worth of data. But Kamara is extremely talented. And if you're going to – we saw McCaffrey's deal. It wasn't as much value as we expected it would be for a player of his caliber, right? If you can get a second round pick for Kamara. Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds like a no brainer to me trading for him. Uh, even with this blooming suspension, like if I were the dolphins, if you have any draft picks left, I would very much consider do. doing that. We do. I, I, I don't hear leaving those sorts of things anymore, but there's another rumor <laughs> I've heard, and this is pure speculation. Uh, no, no reports with it, but since you brought Miami up, apparently Miami might be in the market for Bradley Chubb. Mm. The only team I've seen in connection with Bradley Chubb is that the Jets are not interested, which is a weird rumor. <laughs> that means us. they that means they were at some point and heard right. the price. <laughs> Probably. We are Probably interested. Accurate. I want this. I am not interested. <laughs> but I think the Saints coming out and saying what they're looking for for Kamara is somewhat related to the rumor that leaked last week that the Eagles were interested. So I'm surprised they're willing to move him personally. And I don't think asking for a second round pick is crazy at all. 
I, I do got to say that you got to think with both of these running backs we just brought up, even Cam Akers with his personality issues, um, the Bills are in conversations with both of these teams right now. The Bills need help at running back. I think Kamara fits fantastically in that offense, given Josh another. That would be, that would be terrifying. Yeah, given Josh another receiving option. Um, I don't know. If, if I'm the Bills GM, I'm, I, I have to be making that call. I don't know why the NFC Hey, I've, I've got a second round selling. pick for I don't know. I don't know why the NFC South is all selling right now, they're, though, because currently the Falcons they're all are leading under the five hundred. They're all yeah, under five hundred. Like, we're gonna we're gonna see this again, Doug, where Miami's gonna miss the playoffs above five hundred, and then here comes the NFC South below five hundred in the playoffs. With like a yeah, six and eleven team in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and God, it's Tom Brady, and he wins the Super Bowl. They're all on pace for six and eleven. Because they're I, all three and five right now. <laughs> oh my god! I I pulled that out of my ass. I'm not lying. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, jeez. Oh, all right, we could speculate on trade rumors for the next like four hours. Let's go. Yeah, there are plenty circulating to our games. But yeah, more fun. Um, so our pickums. This is where we went into the week, and then a I lot like, of games. Happened. I like it. <laughs> yeah let's start with the primetime games that we can cover so far so yeah we don't pick thursday because we start though after thursday night football starts and that's kind of not fair um but the ravens did win twice i just want to clarify something uh mm-hmm. didn't you switch your pick um i did am, to make am i back i know i lagged out there for a second i i you're back. Uh, I, I did in on the show live to make Bug happy in the moment, and then I switched it back later. So okay, I'm with the Browns, that is legitimate. Okay. Um. Anyway, back to Ravens Bucks. It was the best Thursday night game so far, which isn't saying too much, but also it was like a decent it's game. Not. <laughs> so. No, it, you know. it it was. Um, I. We're now eight games into the season. I am confident saying this. Tom Brady's age is finally showing. Uh, he, granted, not all of his misses are his fault. There's a couple weeks ago, Mike Evans missed a absolute guaranteed touchdown. Just straight missed the ball. Um, but he, something is just not the same with Tom this year. Yeah, I don't agree. I would say the issues so far are showing up on the offensive line. And the defensive back injuries have been really hurting the Buccaneers. Those two position groups are hurting them more than anything. And Tom Brady, statistically at least, is falling off from last year. But also last year, he was the best quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers can drop to his knees and suckle. Uh, Let's be real. So the fact that he's still playing as an above average quarterback is incredible. The man is 45 years old and he's better than half the quarterbacks in the league by far. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Tom Brady's bad. I'm saying in compared to historic Tom Brady, he is taking a step down. In compared to historic Tom Brady, he has the worst offensive line he's ever had. I absolutely. I'm not denying that either. Yeah. So I don't, I don't put this on him necessarily. At the same time, it is kind of 
cathartic to see him losing for some reason, which feels bad to say, but at the same time, it's definitely true. It's true. <laughs> they're, on, they're on a three-game skid right now. He has never had a three-game skid in his NFL career. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you know who else is losing? Aaron Rodgers, baby. <laughs> Dude, he, his problem is he has no receivers. And then Christian Watson goes out last night with the concussion. Yeah, yeah, oh. pretty brutal. Also, Aaron Jones played amazingly somehow, and yet they lost by 10 points. So, honestly, I didn't get to watch any of this game. I can tell you, statistically, this game was basically dead even. It's pretty interesting. Not going to lie. Um... I don't know what else to say other than that. It just feels like something's bounced the, the Bills' direction, maybe. Uh, I will say turnovers definitely made a difference. At the same time, it wasn't the, enough to be the reason, necessarily. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that the uh, the Bills are making plays when they need to. The Packers are leaving plays out on the field. Uh, that's what I I watched basically the entire first half, and that is that is what I I have seen consistently. So the Bills are making plays, the Packers are leaving them out on the field. Kind of brutal, not what the Packers fans are used to at all, but you know, happens from time to time. We'll see what happens. Uh, Aaron Rodgers certainly has the ability to turn things around. We know he does. Uh, tonight actually already started Bengals at. Browns, the Bengals are still three-point favorites, same as the last time we talked about this. Um, you know, I'm still going with the Browns. What are you really thinking about this matchup? I'm I'm thinking that Browns' defensive line is too much for, for the Bengals to handle. Uh, their, their offensive line has still been their issue this year, despite the money they've dropped into it. You bring in a Miles Garrett, who's leading the league in sacks. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if the Bengals can, can hold it. Uh, and I don't know if they can contain Nick Chubb as well as they've contained every other running back they've played this year because, well, I don't think they've played a Nick Chubb this year. So I'm, I'm going to take the Nick Chubb and I'm going to take the the, Bengal, uh, the Browns defensive line in the win here. I'm with you, and I don't know that I trust myself, but I'm taking the Browns because why not? <laughs> Well, then our games of the week. <clears throat> so, Bug had the Giants at Seahawks. Hey, look at you, man. I, I might have a chance best to week go undefeated in the NFL. Best week ever. Um, but, yeah, Giants-Seahawks, which the Seahawks ended up winning by 14 points. Um, there's legitimate conversation that Geno Smith might be uh, in the back end of the MVP conversation right now. Like... This is weird what is happening. I think everybody gave up on Pete Carroll way too soon. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It's kind of fascinating. This is a well-coached team. Week in and week out, the game plans are, are on point. The play calling is good. Um, look, make do with what you got. You you, you shoot your shot with, with the weapons you have, and, and the Seahawks are doing just that. Um, the Giants are still trying to play comeback kid every game this year, and it finally bit them in, bit them in the ass. But uh, 
No, the Se- Seahawks are a fantastic team right now. Uh, I don't quite know what it is. Um, this is a different right. level of Geno that we we haven't seen. Right, you tell me, Eagles. I I don't have no idea either. <laughs> like, uh, my game of the week was 49ers Rams. We already talked about Christian McCaffrey's insane day, and uh, I got to say another thing that fascinated me about this: when you look at SoFi Stadium, three quarters of the place was red. There are no Rams fans in the stands. It's all 49ers fans. What is going on with LA teams? It's not just the NFL, USC, UCLA, the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Rams, the Chargers. Nobody can get any fans in the stands. Does nobody LA can afford it as a pro sports town? No, nobody can afford it. You're it paying damn near <laughs> you, you're paying damn near six dollars a gallon for gas. You're gonna go sit in traffic for three hours to to go pay a hundred dollars to get nosebleed seats. Nah, man, I'm good. I'll just watch it from my TV. It doesn't help that the LA market is so big that regardless of where the Rams or the Chargers are playing, they probably have them on the local market. Um, I there, There's plenty of reasons that, that this could be an issue for them. Uh, and it all comes down to the sports favorite thing, which is money. Man, the Chargers should have stayed in San Diego. Rams should have stayed in St. Louis. Well, hold on. Oh, let's let's call this for what it is. The Chargers had, the Chargers had attendance issues even in San Diego too. I mean, all right. The Chargers should have moved to San Antonio instead. How's that? <laughs> there you go. Better. <laughs> and then your game of the week. How'd that go? Um, about as flip floppy as me last week on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it was it was a great game. The Vikings are still pulling out. How close ones. I don't think they're true contenders. I know they're they're what seven and one or six and two, but I don't know if they're true contenders because they have a lot of these close games that that they keep pulling out. I just I'm not sold on the Vikings yet, but they're they're doing enough, which is which is the key. Um and look, the the COD weekend, Kyle Murray fought off the bugs of it as hard as he could. Uh, but it still resulted in two interceptions. So you know he played a little bit Saturday night. Uh, you can't blame the guy. Um, <laughs> however, DeAndre Hopkins is definitely helping him now that he's back. 12 catches, 159 yards, and a score. Y- you can't ask more than that. It's just those turnovers are going to keep killing him. Right. DeAndre Hopkins game was unbelievable. Uh, you were actually wrong both times with the Vikings. They are have already had their bye week, so they're six and one. <laughs> right in between where you said. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> whatever, I was close enough. <laughs> so that puts us uh actually in the same position as we were before. We're gonna pick them. Because <laughs> you both yeah, went three and one. And yeah, I but you're did better. Big. Yeah, but and I'm I, not catching up. And I did better. <clears throat> yeah, so <laughs> uh, we will see what happens with our Monday night pick, and hopefully I can make up some ground on Bug here. That's my goal. I don't want to be last. That's that's all I want. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. So, moving on to our sit starts. 
what do you do you have for us? What um I don't know if I said this on the show. I was really confused by by the negative matchup here for Alvin Ross St. Brown. Uh and sure enough, he was targeted uh significantly all game. Uh I'm surprised he can get a receiving touchdown uh with the way that the the Lions came out. Uh that would have really put the knife in knife in the chest here on this one. Uh, this was marginal. I would lean to a, hey, you probably should have started him. Uh, in fact, I did start him. Um, but especially in a PPR, 13.9 is a solid game. Uh, Chris Olave. He got robbed by him. All, all of the touchdowns yeah. went to Alvin Kamara. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, Amon Ross St. Brown had a, had a nice game. Nice total yards there. So and a nice score. Receivers. Brutal. And a nice score, though. Uh, at least Unstandard, in standard, that is. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. And then running backs. Yeah, all right. Um, so, full disclaimer here. Raheem Mostert was a last-minute. Uh, I need to adjust. Uh, so, I went with somebody I knew who I thought was going to have a good game against a weak defense. Um that was not Raheem Mostert. Uh, that was just me trying to cover up for the fact that Chuba Hubbard was sat. Um, tough one there. I didn't have everyone. I I guess I could have picked out of everyone. Uh, would have been funny if I came around and said, "Hey, I'm going to sit uh, Damian Harrison, start Ramondre Stevenson," which would have actually worked out, by the way. Um, yeah, but I went definitely. with Raheem Mostert, uh, who did get come out early in the game. Uh, due to an injury, it was minor enough that he was able to return. Um, I just don't think he got the full usage that he was game plan for. Uh, Damien Harris, that's a sit, man. I'm telling you right now, Ramondre Stevenson is the number one, the feature back in New England. Do not be starting Damien Harris any further this year. I'll go ahead and give you a one and one on the running backs here. Appreciate that's, it. Uh, I don't like Damian Harris to start either. And especially with HPPR or standard league, that's rough. You can't get yeah. six points, five points out of a running back. No. Uh, seven is marginal. And like, you can survive with that, but you're never going to get that again. So just sit Damian yeah. Harris. It's not worth it. Um, but yeah, Ramondre Stevenson was the guy or Alvin Kamara. They're just, or Aaron Jones, apparently. I mean, they're, yeah, we are, we are yep. the big dogs, but Raheem Mostert didn't show up, unfortunately. Um, nope. Kind of wild, though, that the Dolphins found their one-two punch, and it doesn't involve a running game at all. <laughs> it's a little known combination of Tyreek Hill is... and Jalen Waddle. Look, here's the thing. Like, when you talk fantasy and you start talking number one and number two receivers on a team, like, you're like, hey, I don't want to carry both of these receivers because I don't know which one's going to go off. Very few quarterbacks can sustain two receivers in a, in, a, in a game. Apparently, Tua is that guy because this is not the first week he's done this. I think it was back in week two where both Ty and – Jalen went over 150 yards each. Like, yeah, crazy. it's very, it's very clear that to his reads are where's Ty. Okay. He's not open. Where's Jalen? Like, 
and those guys are so fast that it, you can't just say, "Hey, cover them," because the right. second you put du- <laughs> the second you double cover both of those is when Tua all of a sudden goes, "Hey, look, there's Trent Sherfield. You've never heard of him." Like <laughs> this, this offense is giving me hope. I have not had in Miami in a long time. Tua is five and zero in games in which he did not die, so. That's good. Tua, hold on. Let's let's extend this out. Tua is eleven and two in his last thirteen starts. That includes that the is, game he died. That's pretty decent, gotta say. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it's hard for me to recommend extending a reanimated quarterback because he did pass away in that one game. Uh, but you know, <laughs> it's Halloween. He had a I had to QBR do something. Of- he had a QBR of 138.7. Somebody put up a Rip Lions sign. Like, Rip Jeff Okuda. <laughs> Jeez. <clears throat> well, that's all we got for the NFL. Let's go ahead and jump to some college news because there's plenty of it, and we're going to be sitting here for a minute. So, I think the only place to really start here is with uh, the... Let's go to the polls. Um, AP poll versus the BDT trench ratings here. Now, a little bit of a switch up at the top because Tennessee is now tied with Ohio State at number two. Um, This particular service we use to show the AP poll has Tennessee on top because they had more first place votes. So technically, Ohio State had more voters, had them in front of Tennessee in total. Um, It's really semantic stuff. There's a tie at number two. I hate the way that works, but it's definitely possible, and it's happened multiple times now already this season that we've had ties in the top ten. That's the AP poll. So, the BDT trench ratings, on the other hand, uh, much bigger change at the top. Now that Ohio State has actually played someone, they move <laughs> all the way up to number one. And not only that, but the top four have definitely spread out from last week, where TCU... Yep. Georgia, team up north and Ohio State were all within two points of each other in the top four. Now there's over a five-point spread. Uh, TCU really struggled with West Virginia, and that did bring them down. Tennessee and Georgia is massive. In the AP poll, it's going to decide who is number one. In the trench ratings, I'm not sure. Most likely, the winner of that game will move up to number one this weekend, but they need to perform well. And we'll see. I mean, it does help that Ohio State plays Northwestern, so that's going to hurt their schedule some more. But are, it's, are you excited for the college football playoff rankings, though? They come out to, tomorrow night uh, by the time that we're recording this. Yes, I am very much excited for the college football playoff rankings because they matter, unlike the AP poll. <laughs> going forward, what's going to happen with this, though, is we're going to pull up the AP poll every Monday show. And then every Thursday show, we can pull up the college football playoffs just to see where we stand with them. Uh, I I think it's worthwhile. Also, interesting to me that Illinois has jumped all the way up into our top 10, fighting Illini, really making a push here. Definitely not going to happen in the college football playoff rankings. But, you know. Hold up. Dream. I, I need to do some math. Oh, no. This is going to take a while. No, I, I will do this later, but Doug, I'm looking at your point scores, and then based on 
total points across, right? So like Ohio State to Georgia in the AP poll, if we set Georgia to 100, because that's the number one that like the most mm-hmm. points you can get, Ohio State's up in that 98, high 98 range. Like, you are very close with these rankings to the way it actually breaks out via the AP poll, too. They might not be in the same place, but the spreads, even looking at it, the spreads are very similar. Yeah, it's pretty close. Um, SEC fans won't like the way this looks right now, but it's it's pretty dang close. Hey, they've, got, they've got three teams in the top six, okay? That's... Well, the Big That's Ten also has to be, so everybody's going to be mad. Yeah, but the Big Ten well, only has three in the top ten. Actually, the Big Ten has four in the top ten. So, take that. God damn it. <laughs> Not yet, <laughs> sir. Yes, yet. Let's come on all right anyway uh that's where we stand ohio state number one for us georgia number one for the ap poll but we'll find out for real tomorrow um as in tuesday november one so very exciting stuff there let's look at some alternate uniforms that we didn't get to before the weekend because some schools don't put them out until like the morning of for some reason uh so ucf had all blacks looking very cool i like the gold on the all black yeah. Uh, is Fresno State's alternate helmet. I just love that script Bulldogs. Very nice. I, I love the I love the apostrophe dogs in the front. I also love that yeah. it's spelled like an actual dog, not like Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, this is Boise State. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have any better pictures of this. It was an all orange. Then with a silver Bronco decal on the helmet, which looks really cool. The video they put out is this guy in a cornfield for some reason. And Broncos don't go in cornfields. <laughs> it's what I had to work with. So it wasn't First all off, orange, you're in... which Halloween colors. You're in Idaho. You're not known in a for potato corn. field. You're known for... Yeah, put him in a potato <laughs> field, please. Man, that'd be nobody would know what it is, which would make it actually fun here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Why are you standing in what looks like long grass? Next up, uh, oh. Florida State had an alternate helmet, which I thought was really cool. Instead of the gold, they went with a white helmet. I, I a... like when they break out the white helmets. They do this once yeah. or twice every year. Yeah, which yeah, I also like get to include it here. Uh, Arizona State had a cool alternate helmet going on here with much bigger helmet decal. I mean, hey, if you're going to go for it, go all for it. Don't don't go halfway. Go all the way. Which is what Arizona State did here. Very much yep. enjoyed this helmet, actually. Then we had Minnesota with a Halloween-themed jersey here. The black M on the helmet, too. Kind of cool. The photo shoot was in a pumpkin patch with a bunch of jack lanterns. The Broncos in a cornfield. Definitely true. Definitely true. And then Michigan State decided to go the exact opposite of all the Halloween theme and go with an all white, including a kind of a whited out logo on their helmet, 
which that's kind of cool in game. I didn't know about it, but you, I didn't trust you know it. Who, you know who didn't look kind of cool in game? Uh, the entire Michigan State, Michigan State team. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I had their uniform last because that's a great transition into talking about what happened here. Um, yeah, they kind of assaulted some Michigan players in the tunnel after the game, like literally assault as in the police are involved yeah. and four players have been suspended indefinitely. And, uh, yeah, it's really bad. So not sure exactly how this is going to turn out. Apparently law enforcement again is involved and charges are at least being discussed at this time. All sorts of things happening. ESPN's even having to cooperate because they're the ones who have the footage in the tunnel. It's like, it's a whole big deal. Um, This really sucks. And just goes to show that, you know, sometimes rivalries really can get too heated here. Uh, You're supposed to leave it all out on the field and not in the tunnel after the game. You this shouldn't have enough cool. energy to, to fight after the game. I will say a couple things. Number one, Michigan player absolutely did not deserve the beating he took. Uh, number two, he never should have put himself in that situation, though. Um, right. Even the clips you see, you, you can't you, – you don't even get the full story of it. Um, right. What I can tell you is he was starting to go down a hallway. He had no business going down. Uh, me knowing how college ball goes, he was, I can almost guarantee you he was running his mouth. Um, and I'm not taking any blame off Michigan state. The reaction is absolutely unsatisfactory, but the blame, a lot, large part of this blame does end up on, on the way the big house is designed. There's no reason, no reason that two rivals should be exiting via the same tunnel at the same time. That is asking for these issues. I absolutely agree with you. And it's been a point of contention for actually several years now. I've seen it being brought up. You know, the university actually has one of the greatest architectural programs in the country, one of the greatest engineering schools in the country, and they can't design a stadium that doesn't, involved fans being able to reach over and touch the opposing coaches as they're walking into the tunnel, like what happened to Mel Tucker. You you can't design a stadium that has two tunnels. Is that really so hard for you? Well, they don't want to – this part I get. They don't want to get rid of the history of the big house. I get that, right? But you can still sit there and go, hey, if you win, stay on the field for 10 minutes. Like, losing team, you get 10 minutes to get off the field. Like, that is doable. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. And uh or I don't I know, don't maybe know what to say with it yet. It's uh there um, there's ongoing investigation into it and all sorts of things. So I don't wanna Yeah. I don't wanna no, that's fair. keep going on this. Um anyway, moving on here. The <laughs> this is really funny. So the Stanford tree mascot uh ran onto the field during the game, holding a sign that said, Stanford hates fun. <laughs> because 
he was upset with the administration. Um, so that tree has been suspended, and the mascot can no longer attend athletic events. <laughs> I, I don't what know is the situation that led to the sign existing in the first place. But the fact what that is it existed, going on with Stanford? And the fact that they suspended the guy over it, like, kind of proves his point. So... You know, he's oh, just man. sitting there on Saturday, not at the game, going, you played yourself. Because <laughs> you know oh, how man. many students, now, now that they suspended him, you know how many students are going to show up to those games with Stanford hates fun signs? I can tell you it's the first thing I would do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't throw spirit cheese, me, an alum, bringing craft singles to games to give to cadets. Like, this is... <laughs> How this goes? Hundred uh, percent. Another fun thing here: UMass and UConn, the greatest rivalry in the Northeast, has been extended through twenty twenty seven. Lord help so us all. Be, Why are they subjecting a, us to this? It'll be at a neutral site next year, and then flip flopping home and homes. So I think it goes. It's one or the other, Where's but the- it goes UMass UConn. UConn UMass or the other way around. So one of them has two home games in a row. The other one has Where is the neutral site? If you tell I me Foxborough, that is a UMass home game. I do not know. I would be um, willing to bet it's in Foxborough. I would be willing to bet that no stadium wants it. And it ends a field there randomly along that- the highway. You say that, but but Rob Kraft does have a soft spot for New England-based teams. I mean, I, I guess I could try to look it up right now uh, quickly. I do know someone that should be able to tell me. Let's, let's see if we know yet. Um, as a former resident of the area what can you tell us about UConn and UMass football they should both be in the FCS where the rest of New England plays because they don't dump enough money into the programs understand I, I, I've known some guys that have gone to play at I knew one guy that went to uh, was at NC State for a bit, but most of them end up at Holy Cross or Bryant or uh, Sacred Heart. Yeah. UMass and UConn just they don't have the the ability to succeed at the level they want to. Dropping down would actually help them in that. Uh, one, it'd be cheaper because your games are closer. Two, you can actually compete, which is what's going to start drawing recruits back. So, unfortunately, the site for the neutral site game is TBD just yet. We don't know. Oh, we're going to have a neutral site, but nobody knows where it's going to be. We don't have a sponsor yet. Cool. But also, UConn's four and five right now. They have a path to bowl eligibility. So. Who are their next three games? I need to know who. I don't know, and I just closed it. I will I will look this up me to lag continue. out. So. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Auburn. 
because Auburn's had a heck of a day today so far. This morning, they poached Mississippi State's athletic director right out from under him. John Cohen came over to Auburn, said, you know what? I would like a $400,000 a year raise. I understand where he's coming from on that. Definitely, definitely appreciate the raise. Uh, he was kind of at the maximum contract allowable for his position by Mississippi state law. Uh, so I don't know why they put a cap on that for themselves, but they did. And Cohen was kind of at that. So he wasn't getting anywhere with Mississippi state anymore. Time for him to move on. Uh, apparently Auburn originally tried to get Arkansas's athletic director, but Hunter Juracek instead accepted a raise and extension with Arkansas, came back to his administration, was like, hey, I'm getting offers here. I would rather stay here. What can you do for me? Which I love that. That's yep. baller. And also John Cohen's all equally ballers and fuck it, I'm going within the division. I'm heading to Auburn. And you know hey. what? We actually we play each other this week. So see you soon. <laughs> and you know what else I'm gonna do day one? Fire, Fire the head coach. <laughs> so arguably, yeah, I was never a fan of that hire. Most people weren't. Seems like, seems like that's a pretty universal opinion at this point. Uh, he never made sense to me at Auburn either. Actually, great at Boise State, fantastic at Boise State. Uh, I didn't see a fit in the SEC culture, and. Apparently, neither did almost anyone else at Auburn or around the Auburn program. So, almost made it two years. Very well. Well, she thought he fit in at Boise State, too. Came along with him <laughs> down to Auburn. Um, anyway, so in the meantime, now, the rest of the season, do you know who the coach is going to be? Oh, God. It's going to be All-American running back and current running coach at Auburn, Cadillac Williams. This is the All greatest right. thing that has ever happened to Auburn football. I swear, if he beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl, Cadillac Williams is He's going to get hired on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> if he, he is... himself straps up and beats Alabama football. I swear, this is the only guy they could have promoted to interim head coach who the fans would have actually rallied around for the rest of the year right now. Apparently, they also fired their offensive coordinator, their tight ends coach, another position coach. Really just cleaning house immediately. I was going to say, so really, he was the only coach remaining on the roster. I guess that is also true, yes. Uh, But yeah, Cadillac Williams is your new head coach of Auburn, at least for the time being. I love that very much. This is good news for Auburn. Uh, But they're, of course, looking for a permanent head coach. One of the names that has been thrown around is Hugh Freeze at Liberty, of course, with SEC experience. Uh, But Liberty just signed him to a huge extension. Actually would put him as the absolute top earner in Conference USA by a startling margin, like almost 10 times as much as the next guy. Uh, too many. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Too yeah, I many. Say, I'm kidding. Um, so I, I kind of expect Auburn's going to go all out 
with their next head coach yeah. hire, right? They're going to spend as much money as necessary. At the same time, they're almost paying $47 million in buyouts to Gus Malzahn, Brian Harrison, and the interim head coach that was in between them for some reason also got $5 million when he was fired. Like, it's really a strange financial situation. So I have no idea what Auburn's going to be capable of here. Hugh Freeze, as part of that extension, got a huge bump in his buyout. Now, we don't know for sure if he's signed that extension yet. He has agreed to it, in theory, as far as we understand. But maybe that's not signed yet, and maybe maybe Hugh Freeze is an option. I would say the better option for Auburn would be throw every cent you can scrounge up at Deion Sanders and hope for the best on that one. Um, yep. But yeah. Also good for Liberty, getting their coach for long-term. Hugh Freeze is doing a great job with the Flames. Must be So said. since since you brought up Liberty, and we know that, that UConn must win two of the next three games, they're playing UMass, Liberty, and Army in that order. That sounds like a win-loss win to me. Let's go UConn, bowl eligible, 6-6. Six and six. Very well could be. First year with Jim Mora back, baby. UConn, baby, let's go. <laughs> Jim Mora is the Greg Schiano of UConn football. That is very accurate. Yes, I love that analogy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Both so, of those coaches can only be successful at one school. And that one school can only be successful with that one coach. Terribly, terribly true. So the last bit of news for college football here, uh, the Big 12 has agreed to a new media deal, which kind of surprised they went ahead already, but we do know a lot of details. And so it's worth talking about $2.28 billion for six years, starting in 25. So all four of their additions will be in already, and Oklahoma and Texas will be gone already. This is with the future 12 uh, came out to almost 32 million a year, just in the media rights alone. There's of course more compensation on top of that for being a part of the conference, but the media rights alone are about half of what the sec is getting and about two fifths of what the big 10 is getting. There is a clear distinction between the big two and the other three right now even among the Power Five. And I do want to give a huge, huge shout-out to Tony Altimore, J TJ Altimore on Twitter, for putting together this graphic. Where'd Tug go? There you are. I, I had pulled myself because I was <laughs> you lagging vanished hard. for a moment. Yeah, I pulled myself because I was lagging uh, at well, hard. Well, you're, you're back right now, so. All right, all right. You're back right now. Uh, but yeah, so huge shout out to TJ Baltimore. Uh, definitely worth the follow if you're interested in the business side of college football. He puts together things like this, which are very helpful in demonstrating exactly what I was just saying there. Uh, the Big Ten and SEC are way beyond anybody else right now. The ACC is kind of estimated because their rights go out to the 2030s. And there's probably some language in there that we don't know about yet that's going to cause some escalation. 
because if not, the ACC is absolutely screwed in competing in college football for the next decade. Yeah. Um, this is that was a really bad decision tying yourself to one contract for 15 years. Um, the interesting part right now with the Big 12 signing it as soon as they did is how does this impact the Pac 12? Right, because there's been plenty of conversation about the Big 12 potentially further expanding, potentially to the four corner schools, right? Get the Arizonas in there, maybe get Utah in there, maybe get Colorado back somehow. All those options. You know what? Come on. on table. Come, come take New Mexico too. Take New Mexico as well. Get all four corners. <laughs> um, but so far, what we understand of the Pac 12 negotiations, they might actually be in line more. The 12 just did. Now, why do we believe that? Well, they just turned down about a 30 million offer. What would what, what amount to 30 million per school per year? Um, and Amazon is still looking to get into the college football game. They haven't been able to do so with any of the other Power 5 conferences just yet. Also, Amazon is headquartered in Pac-12 territory. This is definitely an option. Amazon might get to the table and overpay a little bit, maybe. Maybe bring up the Pac-12 to maybe 48 year per school. That's definitely on the table right now. And something the Pac-12 commissioner has been saying, even if university presidents are skeptical, I'm skeptical of that too, but 40 million is still technically, theoretically on the table for the Pac-12, which would be massive. If they can um, get there, that's the right, right. So, a couple of things to understand if you are looking at this graphic with us. Um, these are including two and three media rights. So, if you don't understand what those tiers are, tier one would be primetime nationally televised games, right? Everybody wants tier one content all the time. That's what negotiations used to only be for Tier 1 and Tier 2 content. Tier 2 is nationally televised games, not necessarily in prime time. right? So for Fox, it'd be your 7 p.m. slot, your 3.30 slot, because your Fox, as a network, has decided they want noon to be their biggest game. So the other time slots are Tier 2 for them. Or the FS1 games, right? Those are Tier 2. Uh, tier 3 are the games that usually aren't nationally televised. You get local broadcast coverage, or you get some weird out there network that's not really included in everybody's packages, right? And a lot of those games right now are ending up on ESPN+. Plus. So yep. we are very confident in being able to say, since ESPN has said Tier 3 rights are included in all of these deals, that, you know, schools no longer have to negotiate their own Tier 3 deals which is massive for tier three games to be included deals. That's, that's actually a huge step for these types of negotiations. And I understand not everybody listening to the show is going to be interested in the business side of college football like this. I think this is fascinating and to see the kind of money going into these conferences and these schools right now is just absolutely wild. So this is this, Graph once again is showing 2026 estimated money per school per year. The Big Ten pushing 100 million per school 
the SEC pushing 80 million per school. Everybody else is like half of that. Um, yeah, it's it really is the big two in college football. Yep. One final thought I had on this is looking at this chart. There's another. There's a great reason the Big Ten's not looking to expand again immediately, like with Stanford and Cal or Oregon, Washington, even. The only school potentially on the table that is worth anything close to this money is Notre Dame. And even with Notre Dame, they're not adding value. It's just another school that's worth this much money, right? It's At this point, it's impossible to add value the way things are at the yeah. moment. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if there's any further expansion from anybody, honestly, at this point, because these contracts are big enough. It's going to be, it's going to be difficult to drive further negotiations. Well, and they're big enough in outside of maybe the big 10 and the sec. These contracts are written. I doubt they all have escalation clauses like the Big Tens and the SECs would theoretically have. So the Big 12 does. Okay. Um, I We don't really know about the ACC. They've kept a lot of that under wraps, and also the contract goes out so far that yeah, you'd have to think that it probably does, but that might be buried in some weird fine print. That they didn't think about when they were signing a 15-year contract right. right so the pac-12 will probably include that as well you know there's there's definitely conversation of the pac-12 adding san diego state uh boise state has been a target at least in theory for a long time now um so we'll see we'll see yeah it's on the table anyway tons of college news some of that might have been very boring for some folks i think it is fascinating i love talking about it so that's why we talk about it <laughs> that's where we're, uh do you have anything to add before we get into these games because no nah, man i'm ready to talk about some of these games to add. <laughs> nope but i figured I'd, i should ask so let's hop right into the standings before the week started uh you were definitely catching up to me this is scary i don't like this i don't think i am anymore time. after this week well let's see uh, starting off with the FBS ranked matchups, we start off at noon, Ohio State at Penn State. Um, a lot of let lot it of go, Doug. I'm, I'm giving you your free reign here. Say what you want to say. It is concerning for Ohio State that the offense struggles as much as it does in the first half. And this is now a problem that has persisted multiple weeks. At the same time, come the fourth quarter, they put up like 30 points out of nowhere. It, <laughs> at some point, you just can't stop Ohio State, it seems like, even if you're playing the best defense of your freaking life, like all of Penn State was the entire game. Also, JTT had probably the greatest individual defensive performance in college football. We helped Ohio State here. Got to say, that's a, that's a good thing if you can have a really good performance like that. Um, six tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks. 
one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, two interceptions, one pass defended, which turned into another interception. Also returned one of those interceptions for a touchdown. Um, On one of the most athletic pitches I've seen a defensive end make. That's kind of insane. (laughs) Kind of kind of incredible so good job jt and uh i see why you were the number one defensive end coming out of high school last year let's <laughs> just keep it up true sophomore we have another season this is incredible um now we go to the three thirty game oklahoma state at kansas state uh, oklahoma state seemed like one of the best teams in the country for several weeks and then Kansas State happened to them, uh, 48 to nothing. I even picked Kansas State. I did not expect this at all. I'm still concerned about Gunnar Gundy uh, at quarterback. Something, Something's not right there. Uh, I know Spencer S- Sanders was having a bad Sanders. day. Yeah. Um, but when your backup goes in and he's shaking, that is a worse kind of day. Yeah, visibly shaking. Um, that was pretty rough. I feel bad for the kid. At the same time, he needs to, you know, play quarterback, do his job. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Adrian Martinez didn't even play in this game, by the way. This was yep. the quarterback. Um, yeah, terrifying. Also, uh, Oklahoma State can hold over Oklahoma's head. Oklahoma lost 49 to nothing so far this year. (laughs) One point more than Oklahoma State. I know where you're going with this. 48. (laughs) Uh, Last ranked matchup in the FBS this week, Kentucky at Tennessee. This was just as much of a shock as Kansas State was. Tennessee actually had a defense come up, come to play for once. That was cool for them. Um, also, yeah, this proved what everybody who actually watched college football already knew that Will Levis was not a pro prospect. (laughs) Let's be real. (laughs) Uh, Kentucky's defense is still the best part of this team, in my opinion. And they got rolled for 44 points. It was 44 to six and it was not good. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing you can say about that. It's just no, Tennessee that was, is very good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, that, they play Georgia this weekend, and we will find out how good they are, I guess. Uh, even though they've already beaten Alabama, if they can if they can beat two of the top two teams in the country. It doesn't the matter what they do the rest of the year. If they beat Georgia and Alabama, right. they've locked up their position in the uh college football playoff. Pretty much. Pretty much. So start nine and three, lose the next, lose the next three. And yeah, somehow get still in. make it. <laughs> yeah. So let's go to the FCS rank. Uh, starting off Rhode Island at William and Mary. Brutal, brutal way to lose a game. Uh, I, at the same time, I definitely respect going for the two point conversion there. Time had expired. Rhode Island's on the road against a favored opponent. Big time game in conference. Go for two. They didn't get yep. it. And William and Mary holds on for the one point victory. Ah, I'm all for it. What a game. 
31 to 30 is your final. The tribe beat Brody. It hurts, man. Uh, next okay. up, another one point game as Holy Cross beats Fordham in overtime. Uh, just a insane production for both offenses. The thing that I expected <laughs> to have happen this game was that Holy Cross's defense would actually slow down Fordham's offense for the first time this season. Uh, didn't happen. No. Just Holy Cross's offense was able to keep up somehow. So it truly came down to who had the ball last. That happened to be Holy Cross, had the second possession of overtime. Again, decided to go for two and just end the game. The difference here is that Holy Cross actually got the two-point conversion, win by one point, 53-52 in overtime over Fordham. Jesus. Wild. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Next up, we have Montana at Weber State. Uh, this one ended up close on the scoreboard, 24-21 for the Wildcats. At the same time, it didn't really seem that close to watch the game. Um, the Grizz were statistically dominated and yet had a couple of things go just right to where they kept it close down to the wire. Like, for example, in the last five minutes of the game, they had a kickoff return for a touchdown. So, <laughs> great. It's awesome that you're able to do some of those things, but you need to be able to sustain some drives too, and they weren't able to do that against potentially the second-best team in Utah, Weber State. I'd, I'd pick them Apparently. over BYU right now. Oh, well, that's just because every time BYU shows up in our slides, we somehow they they screw all of us. You just have to flip a coin. That's yeah. that's all you can do with BYU on the slides. And last ranked matchup in the FCS this weekend, number twenty three Idaho at number three Sacramento State ended up being very close yet again. All of these matchups in the FCS were close this week. Thirty one twenty eight is your final. The Hornets do win. However, that comeback from Idaho was ferocious and very terrifying. Uh, Sacramento State ended up sealing the game on what was the most beautiful jump and spin by any player of all time. The Facts. quarterback just like leaped five feet into the air and spun a couple of times midair, diving, reaching forward for the end zone. And the Hornets do win this one. Uh, and I went undefeated. No scope the end line. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you're undefeated in college so far. Yeah, in all ranked matchups. Yeah, yep. That's, all ranked matchups. That's, that's what you need, man. You needed to give me that space. You, you needed that breathing room. I gave you a three up here. And then uh, I did very poorly in our matchups. Oh, ah, so. see, I did not. Uh, you still, you still get a. Uh, is that a one up on me on the week? No, you get two uh, up on it's me. It's two up on you. Anyway, yeah. we'll start with Bugs' game of the week. Northern Iowa at number 24, Southern Illinois. Uh, he picked Another it for a close reason. FCS game. You and I always plays everybody tough, even though they're just five and four now after this win. It's, uh, you know, they're a thorn in everybody's side, and this can happen. 37-36, Northern Illinois does beat the Salukis now. The brutal part of this is SIU had two different chances to win this game and just botched them both. 
ever so slightly. Yeah. He missed a field goal with like a minute left in the game. And then somehow got the ball back. I don't even think they got the onside kick. They just got the ball back somehow. That I they missed, missed the field goal. So they're, yeah, they, they missed the field goal. So there wouldn't have been an onside right. kick. Well, true. Uh, but they got the ball back. And then Hail Mary into the end zone. But there's an offsize on the defense. So it gets batted incomplete. They get an untimed down. Get to do it again. Five yards closer this time. They launch the ball on another Hail Mary attempt. It is caught at about the four-yard line, and his knee goes down. The ball is down at the one. Brutal. Brutal. Untimed down. There was no time left in the game. Just, ah, this is so freaking close. That's a tough one, man. We get memed. We get memed on this one. We we get memed. (laughs) This happens every week. There's one team that memes us. At Fortunately, least. you picked Coast Carolina, so we weren't memed twice. Uh, Coast Carolina at Marshall. I I expected Marshall to do better, but Coast Carolina. Dude, Marshall got is so. Early. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say Marshall is so hit and miss this year. They're yeah. hot. They're not. They're they're a hot and cold team. North Carolina got out to a 21-0 lead in the four, in the first quarter and then just kind of coasted from there, ended up being 24-13. Uh, Marshall just abandoned the run too quickly. They were actually very effective when they had called running plays. They just didn't want to do that too often because they were already down three scores. So kind of brutal way to lose, uh, not really being able to stick to your own game plan there. But – that's how Coast Carolina can get you, is force you off rhythm. And that's definitely what happened here. No, it's brutal. You can't abandon the run, especially when that's the primary of your offense. I understand the negative game script trying to come back in the game, but sometimes the best way to do that is to stick to your game. Absolutely. And then wrap it up with your game of the week. What do you got for us? All right. I was looking to the Big Ten West to see if anybody could actually take full control of the Big Ten West. It was weird to have Somebody both. did. Yeah, it was weird to see both Illinois and Nebraska sitting atop the Big Ten West. Uh, but there we were. Uh, and Nebraska played in the first half, took a 6-9 uh, to nine lead. Very nice, nice score. Um, however... The fighting Illini decided to show up in the second half, especially on defense, putting up 20 unanswered points to win 26-9. to Also a very nice score. Um, but no, dude, the Illini are looking legit right now. Um, they, they have to be the favorite. They have complete control of the Big Ten West. They are in control of their own destiny. Man, this is, this is their season to go for it. Uh, and, and Wisconsin is kicking yeah. itself for letting go Brett, uh, Brett Bielema. So, uh, yeah. Well, they didn't. He quit to go to Arkansas. Stupid. Anyway, uh, it, brutal for the Illinois, the fighting Illini, that they have to play the team up north later this season because that's going to be a loss, uh, which brings Purdue and Minnesota right back into kind of conversation. But right now, the conference belongs to Illinois. Only loss this say, season but- to Indiana. I was going to say, though, like, 
even if the Illini do have to play uh, Michigan, they still will have at least a matchup against Purdue and Minnesota at some point. They have to. They're in the same division. Right. right. So right. they. So it, it comes down to that at that point. They're. they're they not, still control their own destiny. True. True. It's just it's not as clear cut as it could have been if they avoided both the big dogs in the East. Yeah. You know. Hey, everyone gets a gets a rough one. So that's our games of the week. I did go eight and two this week, uh, which felt good. Felt good. Get a little bit of separation here. Uh, and I'm getting close to the 50th win of the season, which is also very nice. Happy about that. Nice. I think both of us are going to be at 50 next week, though. Not to well, we know us. what my game Not of the week is. To. We know what my game of the week is. Uh, I actually don't know what your game of the week is. Doug, it's the first Saturday of November, so it's Army Week. You don't get to name games after the day. Of That's the not what I'm day. doing. I'm just saying how I remember. Okay, it's the Commander's Classic, okay? Is that better? No, you've ruined it. We're moving on. God damn it. <laughs> I was making an observation of the day of... God damn it. You not are not Tennessee. Get out of here. Way. I am not making rivalries this way. (laughs) So let's talk about the prospects uh, that I had listed. Uh, Starting off with running back from Marshall, Kalen Laybourne. Got to say, when he ran the ball, it was extremely effective. And Marshall just didn't run the ball enough. Can't blame him for the loss here because he legitimately, whenever I saw him get handed the ball, he would run for like eight yards at least. It was kind of insane how they just – decided not to keep doing that. I don't understand it. Gotta say, he looks every bit as talented as his high school ranking had him, which is great to see. Um, For him to come back from injury and from off-field issues to get into a position where he will be looked at by NFL scouts. He'll have to get through some tough interviews, I'm sure, here. Explain himself a little bit. At the same time, yeah, he looks NFL talented. Yep. And on the defensive side of the ball, I picked Bentley Sanders, cornerback from Nevada, who's having kind of a, another breakout season. If 2019 wasn't good enough for you at safety, uh, he's doing it at corner now. Uh, no turnovers for him this week, but 10 solo tackles this game. Jesus. I will that- say – Pretty good. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it, so I don't know if this is good or not. Because as a cornerback, it is possible that having enough tackles means that you're just allowing that many catches. I don't know if that's the case or not. I didn't get to watch this game, unfortunately. But I will say his stats are eye-popping enough. He's going to get some looks, some consideration. Hopefully get a Senior Bowl, something like that. Uh, get some work with NFL coaches as well. And I'm I'm willing to put down money he gets drafted at this point. I just – I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he's great or not right now. Then we only have one season to go off of two, which, you know, Kenny Pickett got drafted in the first round off of one season. But Yeah. So, so did Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> so, All right, but – Hey, as we're finishing up college, 
I do have a special guest sitting here in the green room. Uh, he is from our probably everyone's favorite video game series. Everyone, please welcome Luigi. I was like, special guest, motherfucker. I'm part of the goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? You, Luigi, you welcome Luigi. to the show. Man, we're glad to have you on. So I do have a question for you. Uh, since you guys are the Mario brothers, is your name Luigi Mario? <laughs> I... Well, clearly, I no it's idea. Mario Mario. Well, no Ma- yeah, you have Mario Mario, and then I guess you're Luigi Mario. I mean, it would have to be, right? <laughs> all right. That's great. All right. Well, welcome back. Happy Halloween there, Bug. I see you're enjoying it. Uh, but you're here for a reason. T- t- tell yes. us, what, what have you got for us? Uh, so, for anybody who's been living under a rock today, the XFL announced team names. Got some logos. There's some merch with those team logos and everything up on the XFL website right now. And... Uh, you know, that's probably the biggest story here, but there also is a little bit extra. Uh, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not about upcoming draft and uh, quarterback assignments. So I don't know. This isn't anything completely official, official yet, uh, but I would circle November 15th, 16th, and 17th. Uh, it's looking like those might be the days that the draft are. Again, this was some of those kind of a leak, nothing official. But <laughs> if you're watching with us live on Twitch or on YouTube, uh, you can see we've got a compilation of all the logos here. I'm going to kind of go through and break down each one individually because I've seen good I've seen good responses and bad responses to all of these. So I kind of want to go through all of them piece by piece, and then we can kind of just discuss here in a little bit if that's cool with y'all. Yeah, if if only there were some way we could get fan involvement, maybe like a fan-controlled sports league. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't that be cool if the fans would have, you know, I don't know, picked some of these? Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe, maybe they like could vote. Fan controlled football. That'd be what a what a cool. novel idea there, right? <laughs> anyway, <All> right, so, <laughs> XFL. <laughs> so, yeah. First up, we got the Arlington Renegades, coached by Bob Stoops, who I believe was the coach for the Dallas Renegades. I yeah. don't understand the uh, complete rebrand here. Uh, Arlington instead of Dallas. Keep the Renegades name and change the logo completely, even though it looks like a DR. Uh, yeah, like, I really just, don't see an A. Yeah, right. uh, this this new logo doesn't make a ton of sense to me, and there was no controversy with it, so I don't know why they went and changed it. But uh, this one this one kind of falls flat in my opinion. Uh, from everything I've seen. I think they're going to keep the same color schemes. This is just powder blue here, but I think the red is probably still going to be present as well. It's I tough. Vote, I vote that as the Renegades in Arlington, they should have moved them out to the sticks. <laughs> Wanted men. <laughs> Wanted men. I appreciate that more Sorry. than you know. I appreciate it more than you know. Trust me. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have the D.C. Defenders. They were coached by Pep Hamilton last time, but this time around, it's going to be Reggie Barlow. Uh, new logo, same team name. I like this logo, but I would like it more if they hadn't had the other logo first, right? I know. I prefer the original logo for sure. Yeah, but if the original logo doesn't exist, this is awesome. It's just yeah. when you, yeah. you stack it up against the other one, you're like, yeah, this kind of sucks. But overall, again, same same color scheme, same team name. Moving right along. Houston Roughnecks, Roughnecks, coached by Wade Phillips. Uh, suck it, NFL. They're still using an oil, Derek. Stick that up your fucking ass. 
This is amazing. I love that they're able to just continually do this, and I want to see the NFL lose their shit and try to sue them for this so, one. So work with me here. The XFL now has a deal with the NFL, right? Like mm-hmm. they have a handshake agreement. I'm more willing to bet that they have approval to use this type of logo. They've also made a decent change to it by dropping that top piece off Fra- the star down. Yeah, frankly, this is a bunch of steel girders that make an H. Yes, <laughs> right. correct. But everybody, I'm going to call it an oil, Derek. Uh, just oh, no, you're, you're 100% you know, right, but I'm saying, I'm saying the NFL. they probably got the NFL's permission to use it, though. Exactly. So this one's interesting, all right? This is one of our, our new teams, so to speak, this time around, the Orlando Guardians. Now, if you hear the name Guardians, there's there's a lot to unwrap here. So let's start off by talking about their head coach, Terry Buckley, Terrell Buckley. Sorry, uh, this is completely new guy to the XFL. Uh, we've talked about all these coaches before. No need to yeah. break this all back. Yeah, but they didn't have teams assigned to them yet. So yeah. yeah. Not cool. So this is a new city. Completely to the XFL, uh, but this is almost identical, if not completely identical, to the New York Guardians of the last XFL. Different color scheme, though. Now, this is where it's up for a little interpretation. You can say this is either the replacement to the Tampa Bay Vipers, and we'll talk about the Vegas Vipers here in a little bit, or this is the replacement to the New York Guardians. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of a mesh mesh of the two. You have the New York Guardians of the old XFL or the last iteration of the league. But you have the same color scheme for the Guardians that the Tampa Bay Vipers had. So take your pick, you know, two and one, two dozen in one hand, 12 and or 24 in the other, whatever. I don't know the saying. Math. I'm tired. Math. <laughs> Math in public, too. Yeah. So Why there's going to be. Double this... it to make it more complicated. Right. I, my brain hurt. My brain's broken. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm looking, it's looking like there's going to be this, this lime green, yellow color scheme again. I'm interested to see how they're going to make it not awful. It can work. It's hard to pull it off, but it can work. I I will say the more I look at this, it's got the the gray in the center of the logo, but it looks like Mm. that outline is like a neon green or yellow, but it looks like it's a very, very dark green and not gray, uh, on kind of like the secondary outline detailing colors, detailing lines now that I'm looking at it a little bit closer. So maybe this won't be as bad as it's looking. Uh, but moving right along, they have a third team in Texas in this iteration of the XFL. And this one, you know, The Rock was pushing for this team name. It's the San Antonio Brahmas. They're coached by Heinz Ward. So, of course, their colors are black and yellow. And I'll be honest with you, the first time I looked at this, I didn't even notice the B in the middle of the horns there. Like this, oh, this Jesus. is the best. I didn't notice it till you said it. This is probably the best logo. The longer I look at it, like far and away the best logo of all the logos for the XFL right now. And it's kind of depressing that they didn't redo all of them like this. And there's one that stayed exactly the same. We'll get there in a second. This team replaced the LA Wildcats. I don't think we need to have a discussion about one or the other here. Uh, this is awesome. We already we already talked about earlier on the show that LA just can't attract any fans to any sport right now. So Dude, it's correct. it's a joke. Fuck so it. LA San Antonio. Let's and San Antonio <laughs> San Antonio will support this team. I mean the AAF San Antonio had, football team. Yeah, the AAF they had some of the best crowds 
they fully were behind that team, and then the league folds without, you know, any notice. I mean, that was a league that popped up kind of out of nowhere, and San Antonio was ready for it. So they'll be ready for the Brahmas, and it's mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome. I've also heard that it's pronounced Brahmas, which I don't I don't think I've ever heard it pronounced that way. But what? No, no, the Rock's nickname is the Brahma Bull. I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm saying. It's it's the Brahmas. Let's be real. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe some Texas uh, dudes were like, yeah, that's the Brahmas right there. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Probably this exactly is, what happened. This is apparently a uh, breed of cattle that is very regionally specific to San Antonio as well. So, mm, hey, cool. it's not just – it's not completely a rock tie-in. But, you know, he if he connected those dots, there was no shot he wasn't getting the same, you know, in his new league here. Next up, Seattle had a bit of a name change. Last time around, they were the Seattle Dragons. This time, they were the Seattle Sea Dragons. But, you know, there's the Seahawks. It's Seattle Sea Dragons. That's that's the most logical thing I could come up with. And I didn't yeah, even come up with it. Just the Dragons. At yeah, least they the aren't the Seattle Sea Kraken. That would be really redundant. That would be funny. Uh, Jim Haslett the- is coaching. <laughs> Jim Haslett's coaching the team this time around. Logo is a little bit different. Uh Eh, it's all right. Kinda, it's less. Yeah, I don't like it. It's less UAB Blazers esque. So True. that's probably True. the direction they were going with that. Uh, but it's the same color scheme. This is the Sea Dragons is just a little depressing. the The overall sea logo Mariners. itself. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but Mariners are found at sea. Kraken are found in the ocean. So I mean, you know, it's it's a theme. It's a thing. It's a I whole mean, thing. You can. Find dragons wherever your imagination lets you find them. That's also wait a minute, wait a minute. All all of Seattle's pro teams, Seahawks are fictional. Sea dragons are fictional. Kraken are fictional. Are the Mariners like? Is there no such thing as a Mariner now? Like, are those just fake too? You know what a submariner is, right? Yeah. Name more. <laughs> it's, it's somebody on a on a on a submarine. The Mariner is just somebody who travels the sea. And the baseball team is the only thing that's real. My dude, I know what Mariner shot of winning anything. Anyway, not this year. You set you set yourself up for that. They were they were in the playoffs. They were they're a good fucking team. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't. These are small unnecessary changes for Seattle. It's it's kind of depressing in my opinion, and I say that. Because we we talked about all these changes, the Roughnecks had to change something with their logo. The even Orlando, the Guardians, they just changed the color scheme. It looks like there might be some small tweaks. I don't understand the change to Arlington or DC personally. Seattle Battlehawks, they have kept it exactly the same. I don't know that there has been any changes. Anthony Beck is the head coach. I don't think they did any changes at all to this there logo in this fantasy. Is- one change to their branding. It used to be apparently two words, Battle Hawks, and now it's one yes. word with a lowercase h. Uh, I mean, I, literally no difference. And I think I used to call them one word Battle Hawks anyway. So I, they probably just simplified it. it. <laughs> when they, the Blackhawks in the NHL have gone through, gone back and forth with that over their history. And I think the Portland Winterhawks have done the same. Another hawk, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, junior hockey team. There we go. <laughs> Looking for the word. So, if for whatever reason, whatever Hawks is on the end, it screws it up. 
but yeah this this makes this this makes me very happy that they were able to keep absolutely everything because again we talk about the seattle fan base we talk about the houston fan base talk about the dc fan base a little bit st louis like you have four extremely solid fan bases in the xfl uh and then arlington dallas uh was kind of that fifth one that they're there they were gonna they supported they just were not as ravenous as the other four fan bases uh i'm curious as to why tampa lost their team it's probably just because they got stuck with a shitty coach and or it might have been some issues with getting access to raymond james i mean it could be all sorts of different things um tressman being their coach definitely turned a lot of fans off i'm just saying (laughs) true true Last but not least, the aforementioned Vegas Vipers, coached by Rod Woodson. This is a new city, new colors, red, black, and white. They kept that Vipers name. Now, I say new colors, red, black, and white. Those were the same colors as the New York Guardians, uh, but they took Tampa Bay's name. So, this is where I was saying, you know, take your pick of who took whose spot between Orlando and Vegas, taking Tampa and New York. But the logo is very slightly different. This is extremely similar to the Tampa Bay Vipers logo as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, But they really went hard into this V in the Vipers logo because obviously Mm -hmm. it's Vegas and the Vipers. I appreciate, too, that just like the Vegas Golden Knights, they have dropped the Las Vegas portion of it, and it is simply Vegas. Um, I was curious if they were going to go with the Outlaws, uh, like the original XFL, but seeing them keep one of the uh, the names from this last iteration, which this, let's be real, maybe these teams would have moved by now had COVID not happened. But I think XFL 2.0 would probably still be going on uh, as it is. So I enjoy that we were able to keep as many of the names as possible. Losing Wildcats is fine with me because – that's a shitty name in right. general. Like that is a, a high school. I even don't like that Kansas State is the Wildcats. Colleges should not be the Wildcats. Or Kentucky, either. Arizona or Weber State. Yeah, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. like there's, it's there's way too many Wildcats out there. Yeah, and it was my high school rival, so even more reason yeah. to hate it. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We it's the high school mascot of your favorite place in the world. Oh, true. I I love that we have a couple instances here of team colors really being matched up to the head coach, with Heinz Ward getting the yellow and black, and Rod Woodson getting the the black here. This is this is great. I love that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I think that was kind of and the Wade best Phillips thing. staying in Houston. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. I think that was the best thing about Heinz Ward being the San Antonio coach. They're able to redo everything and match up with The Rock, match up with Heinz Ward. I mean, this is this was a pure XFL 2.1, 3.0, wherever you would call it, team right here. This is they're distancing themselves from anything Vince McMahon related as much as possible. I yeah. I would like to know why all the changes elsewhere, uh, yet you keep Guardians mostly the same and Battlehawks. I mean, identical. I know St. Louis well, has been – St. Louis has probably been the most vocal market about getting their team yeah. back and still being the Battlehawks when they come back. So I'm sure that probably played a part of it. Uh, but I'm wondering if Veggie Man out in Seattle had anything to do with wanting to change it to the Sea Dragons. I don't know. I would imagine 
there has been some behind the scenes focus testing and they probably got a 100% response rate of it better fucking be the battle Hawks or we will never come to a game. (laughs) (laughs) Very fucking possible. I know this. I might have to look into season tickets. It might be worth it for me to, to make the trip across the state every, every couple of weeks for a, a battle Hawks game. It looks like it's an insane environment. There you go. I might have to join you once or twice. Yep. <laughs> it's, yep. <laughs> it's looking pretty awesome. Love it, man. That's all I have for the XFL right now, though. But like I said, November 15th, 16th, and 17th looks like it's going to be the date that quarterbacks are assigned to per team on the 15th. And the 16th and 17th are looking to be the draft. I have not heard or seen anything about the USFL. It has, If anything came out in the past couple, I'd say four or five days, it's absolutely been overshadowed by the news of the, the XFL drop today. I'm curious to see where the XFL and USFL, who's going to be jockeying for these earlier drafts and who's going to have the later draft and what the talent disparity is going to be between these two leagues. I would venture to say talent wise, they're probably going to be about equal. I think the biggest hindrance to the USFL last year is after a year of COVID general fans did not care about watching a spring league with no fans in the stands. Right. I understand that their whole business model was it's, it's for television not having the fans there make made for bad television, and everybody was just tired of seeing well, it at that point. And the fact they were confined to a single city, so then the only people who cared about it were already in yep. Birmingham. Yep. Like it's hard to get behind your local team when they're not local. So yep, USFL had they, a bunch of issues they, last year to work through, and I'm I'm impressed that they survived honestly. They still did great numbers, too. I mean, we, right. we can sit here and say, you know, oh, it was so hard to watch, but people still watched it. I mean, right. we still watched it and talked about it. So, was it hard? Yeah, but the football wasn't really that bad. Uh, it was from time to time. Depends yeah. on what game you watched. <laughs> Early in the season, it, it it's one of those things. It got, it got significantly better as the year went on. I mean, shit, go back and look and see what I said about the FCF after the first first uh, weekend of games. Yeah. Very true. But I do believe that's going to do it for our show after a whole hour 40 of insane, weird business side news and all sorts of nonsense going on across everywhere, which way you look. There's all sorts of football things happening. So glad we could get Bug on to talk about the XFL. It's very important yep. because he is our resident non-NFL Pro League expert and very much appreciate his input. Thanks, Luigi. Uh, But with that, I guess, I don't know if your kids are still up. Probably not at this point. If they are. They they had that sugar crash, man. They had that sugar crash already. There you go. (laughs) Understandable. Understandable. But, yeah, with that, that's that's all I had planned for the show. You guys have anything you want to add before we get out of here? Yeah, did you guys know that lizards communicate by doing push-ups? That I'm sounds impressed. fake. It's but... it's a real fact from Snapple. Uh, and before you Browns, know it's true. The Browns are up 18 to nothing. So they're, yeah, they were up 11 to nothing at one point. They got a safety. This makes 
no sense. Yeah. Make it make sense. No. So, so, yeah, okay, let me make it make sense. They didn't get a safety. They got a two-point conversion. Sport Scorebot just freaked out. Okay. Mm, okay. Why'd they go for two? Just because they could? Because Rivalry them, game? Why. Go for I two. Mean, I, I guess that's... I guess that's what the the game script said. I always refer to the Woody Hayes quote because uh, I couldn't go for three. So <laughs> I will say, understandable. I will say too. Uh, before I throw it over to Tug to kind of take us out, if you're interested in uh, helping raise money to support men's health, I'm going to send my uh, Movember link over to Tug and. You can donate there. It'll be in the description down below, both on uh, YouTube and anywhere you listen to this podcast. We'll start having it uh, scrolling across the bottom. I might, I might try and see about getting a nightbot going. We'll talk about that here in a little bit after the show. But uh, I did Movember last year, raised some some good money. I'm gonna do it again this year. So say goodbye to this this mustache uh, that's going away after tonight. Oh, I'm not and ready for we'll it. Be, this freaks we'll me be... out every time. <laughs> Well, we'll be getting a new one going, and it'll be here for for quite a long while. But uh, it's become a, Gosh, a fun imagine November if I clean shave right now. No, I'm not ready. <laughs> no, that beard's hiding that. a whole lot of ugly, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, dude, for real. I got like right, five guys. chins going on right there. <laughs> Can I get somebody to read the links before I lag it out again? Okay. <laughs> uh, think about. Think about BDT football and go to any website and check us out. That's pretty much what you can do. The only exception being Twitch, where we are the full name, big dudes in the trenches. Uh, we really do appreciate We have a couple supporters on Patreon now. We really do appreciate your support. Uh, it's the best way to get onto the Patreon side of Discord and get to the BDT trench ratings, the full version, and all sorts of cool things like that. Uh, you can also go to our website, bdtfootball.com. Uh, we're still, there's a little work in progress, but at the same time, it's a good way to reach us if you want to. And we have a, a email, mailbox at bdtfootball.com as well. Uh, get in touch with us any way you want to. Um, most part, just think BDT football and you'll be able to find us. There we is. got that permalink for the Discord uh, in the description as well. We're not going to try and read that off, though. That would be. Yeah, no. Nope. Same with the yep. YouTube in the description. Uh, not. The Browns just scored again. It's 25 nothing now. Right. Damn. All, all right, ladies and gentlemen. That's all, we're all we have. <laughs> all we have in the show. All the time we have in the show today. Thank you for watching or for listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win a